This is exactly right. Welcome to the Parent Footprint Podcast with Dr. Dan. I'm Dr. Dan, your host. Our mission at Parent Footprint is to make the world a more loving and compassionate place, one parent and one child at a time. We believe the key to raising happy, healthy, and engaged kids is for us parents to seek the same, seek our own happiness, our own health, our own engagement, and of course, our own awareness. We believe our awareness is the foundation for a vision of successful parenting, and with increased awareness and intention, we can be purposeful about leaving a healthy footprint on our children and grandchildren. Today's show is called Making Miracles with Elaine Hall, and everyone, I have a lot to tell you about Elaine. Elaine is the founder of Inclusion from Within and The Miracle Project. She's a pioneer in using inclusive theater to connect with individuals with autism. Her story is when traditional therapies did not work for her own son, who was diagnosed with autism as a toddler, she developed an innovative, creative-based methodology, which is now evidence-based, to reach him. Elaine is recognized worldwide. She's spoken at the United Nations, featured in the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, CNN, CBS, the Oprah Winfrey Network, and has received many, many honors. She was also profiled in the Emmy-winning HBO documentary, Autism, the Musical. She has a memoir called Now I See the Moon, and this was officially selected for World Autism Awareness Day by the United Nations. Her second book, Seven Keys to Unlock Autism, is used as a textbook, and she's led training programs and neurodiverse summer camps nationally and internationally at Brown University, San Francisco, Hong Kong, Argentina, and has spoke on inclusion for faith-based organizations at the National Autism Conference. I have to tell you guys a little more because she's also a media consultant, and she's been an advisor and acting coach on the film Please Stand By, also uh, the Netflix series Atypical, and also other upcoming Disney animated and live-action series. Gosh, her life is so fun. Uh, Her students, who Mm -hmm. were once too shy to even walk into a room with their peers, have performed alongside Crosby, Stills, and Nash, uh, been on the show of Parenthood, The Good Doctor, and Atypical. Importantly, Elaine's son, Neil, has also presented at the United Nations using his iPad to speak. And Elaine and her team are dedicated to changing the way the world perceives disability. Elaine, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, Dr. Dan. I'm so excited to be here and with the message that you're, you're bringing to the world. It's, it's really, really exciting. We are so aligned, um, and please. So tell. So I, I should also tell everyone. You're also known as known as Coach E, and as the Child yes. Whisperer. Uh, you've been called that by the New York Times. So you have a lot of cool nicknames. Um, so <laughs> I, we know this starts with your child. Like, t- tell us this. Tell tell us the beginning of this story. Sure. So I was a TV and film acting coach. I, I worked with the biggest and brightest stars in Hollywood and they would, you know, uh, they would bring me on to kind of be the coach to get kids to do things that 
they might not, or, you know, know intuitively how to do. And I would help them make it a game so that films like the Flintstones, lots of other types of films, the kids could have a great time and the production company could get what they needed. I also worked on Aquila and the Bee. But what hmm. I wanted more than anything was Coach E is my nickname. But what I wanted was to be called Mama. And mm. I was not able to give birth biologically. So I chose to adopt a little boy from, from Russia, the former Soviet Union. I adopted a little boy. He was two years old when he came to me and we're actually when I went and got him and he, um, when I got him home, he spun around in circles. He stared at his hand for hours at a time and, uh, banged on things and, all I knew was this was my son and I, I, I wanted to be with him. So I, I joined his world. And basically, if he would spin in circles, I would turn it into ring around the rosies and we'd spin together. And if he would bang on things, we'd make it drums and we'd be banging together. After he was with me for almost a year, he uh, was diagnosed with autism. And I didn't know from autism. All I knew was this was my, my son. And doctors looked at me with, with, uh, saying things like, you know, send him back to Russia and, wow. uh, he's going to be in an institution the rest of his life. And I would say, well, I just got him from an institution. I, I'm not going to send him to yeah, an institution. Right. And I knew that when I joined his world, we would have this beautiful connection. And what does any parent want but to connect to their child? When he was diagnosed, traditional therapists thought that I was crazy in what I was doing. But fortunately, there was a doctor in Maryland, Dr. Stanley Greenspan, and a speech pathologist, um, Dr. Barry Prezant in, in uh, Rhode Island. And they kind of, what I like to say, co-signed my insanity <laughs> and encouraged me to keep doing what I was doing. So I then started learning about autism from all the experts in the country and uh, started training creative people, actors, singers, dancers about autism, and then infusing that with creativity, music, movement, storytelling. And we all would join my son's world 10 hours a day, seven days a week, until gradually, inch by inch, he became part of our world. How did Still that, how autism. did that happen? How, how do you explain that? How do I explain that? I think, I mean, again, so aligned, Dr. Dan, with, with what, what you're doing, really with acceptance, appreciation, mm -hmm. seeing him for who he was, not judging anything that he did. If he, if he needed to stack cars, which some kids with autism do, put, line up cars side by side by side, I had one of our, um, who's actually a dear friend, but also a lighting designer who loved matchbox cars as much as Neil did. And they would stack cars side by side for hours and hours until one day Neil gave the, the fellow's name was Tom. Neil gave Tom one of his matchbox cars and created relationship. And then they started playing with cars around the room. <laughs> That's one instance for me, Neil would flap his hands, like everybody flap, flap your hands around. And traditional therapists would say, hands down and reward him with an M&M, which would cause anxiety. Right. What we did is, since I'm a dancer by, by trade, uh, 
we would flap with him. And I would be a bird and he would be a bird and we'd fly around the room till gradually after a while he stopped flapping. So wow. it was by really appreciating and accepting and joining and loving his world, it made it worthwhile for him to make that bridge into our world. Hmm. So this creative-based program becomes more than about Neil and becomes research-based and evidence-based. I mean, that is a big word uh, for those of you listening. For something to be considered evidence-based, it is very difficult to go through the process for it to be shown uh, through these sort of methods to work beyond more than one person. Yes. What ended up happening, and I, I, I talk about a lot this a lot in the, in, in the book, uh, Now I See the Moon, was how this progressed. My first marriage ended in divorce, and I became a single mom with a son with, with autism, and I needed to go back to work. I, I, wasn't, I didn't want to go back into the film business, so I, um, I heard a voice inside of me that said, teach these methods to others. And uh, a, a dear friend, Michelle Wolf, told me about a grant from the Jewish Community Foundation, and she encouraged me to write a grant to teach what I was doing in my playroom with my son to teach these methods. And this became the inclusion from within Seven Keys Methods, where I started teaching other actors, singers, dancers, musicians, creative special educators, everything I was learning. And we created a theater company, which is now called The Miracle Project. Mm -hmm. And the theater company started with 18 other kids of all abilities. I like to say anyone that got kicked out of any other theater class. <laughs> so kids with severe autism, non-speaking autism, cerebral palsy, Down syndrome, all abilities. And I trained also volunteers that were their same age, peers, co we call them co-actors. And mm, I trained cool. them how to join a child's world, how to appreciate, how to accept how to, to be non-judgmental. And we created this theater company called The Miracle Project, which um, after our first year was followed by a, a, a film company, and that became Autism the Musical, a, a TV and film. Oh, I'll talk about that in a minute. We're talking more about the evidence-based. Uh, Cal State Northridge University asked if they could study what we were doing because we we're having tremendous success. Kids with autism relating to each other, taking adult-directed activity, wearing itchy costumes, um, performing live in a theater with, yeah. with over 100 people. And um, Cal State Northridge University, armed with a grant from the National Endowment for the Arts, studied what, um, what we were doing. And found it to be uh, that inclusive theater became um, evidence based in in uh, healing anxiety, creating compassion and understanding between those with and without disabilities. Uh, an expert in autism, Dr. Stephen Shore and Dr. Barry Prezant were our leading clinicians who who helped guide the study, and uh, is now evidence based and supported by the the state of California. In, in being able to be used as an intervention for socialization and relationship building. 
That's so wonderful. And again, for the listeners, all of the doctors that you're listening from Dr. Greenspan um, to Dr. Barry to Dr. Shore, I mean, these are these are leaders in the field of autism, right? So, I mean, yes, you yes. you were working with and supported by um, people who have been doing this work a very long time. Yes, yes. I was feel very blessed that we've been endorsed by the top experts in the world. So very, mm-hmm. very, very pleased. Yes. So you were going on. So it was naturally evolving to um, to the company, the, the, the your project, and um, people wearing itchy clothes. Like again, so only a parent of a child with sensory issues can understand the miracle of having your child get into an itchy piece of clothing for extended periods of time with success. Right? That's a miracle in and of itself. Yeah, yeah. I don't even like wearing itchy clothes, but it was very yeah. funny. We <laughs> we had um, one of the scenes that we did, we had some of the kids pretend to be from uh, the old generation and they wore a beard. And so uh, we had a makeup artist. Everybody was volunteering their time. We had these wonderful volunteers from the entertainment industry. And one was a makeup artist and they were putting beards on some of the kids. And um, a mom said to me, oh, my son, there's no way he's going to wear a beard. He has sensory issues. Well, when he saw the other kids wearing beards, he said, where's my beard? <laughs> and we put it on him and he loved it. So that, you know, that in itself just shows what uh, motivation and desire can overcome sensory issues and performing live in front of, front of an audience. And, you know, we had kids who were terrified of even coming into a room of their peers and they all, every single one of them performed live. And I had no idea what was going to happen. It was a complete... Uh, joy and surprise for me as well. So I'm going to ask, like, these are simple questions with, I don't think they're simple answers, but I'm imagining parents um, out there who have anywhere from kids who are highly intense to highly sensitive to, of course, kids who are on the autism spectrum. Like, how how did this happen? Like, how how can you, how did you get these kids to do this and to connect? You know, how, how do you do that? Yeah, that's such a great question, Dr. Dan. I think part of it are the myths about autism. And there's all these myths that, you know, kids with autism do not desire relationship. They want to be alone. They are, um, they have no sense of humor. They lack in spiritual ability. And we've really, because I was not originally a trained special educator, I didn't know all of the, the no's. You see what I mean? And and I didn't know that kids with autism couldn't connect and do theater because I was a theater person and I knew what theater and music and movement did for me. So by by training co-actors, peers, to join the world of every child, no matter where they were. For example, if there was a child that needed to run around the peripheral of the room, we would have a co-actor volunteer run around the room with that child until they were ready to be part of the circle. If there was someone that needed to hide under a table, we'd have a volunteer co-actor under that table until they were ready to come out. Mm. And when they started coming out, the first 11 weeks of the class were more about helping each other with our with uh, sensory issues and behavioral challenges and, and just keeping people in the room and helping them feel a part of. The second 11 weeks were about what roles are we going to play and, and acting and singing and dancing and really becoming part of a space together. 
today I run into, you know, I come into the Miracle Project and people come in and they, they say, I don't see who has autism and who doesn't. Because we are wow. a community, a creative community where everyone belongs and where the abilities are able to shine through the disability. Oh, I like that. The abilities are able to shine through the disabilities. Hmm. And that, I mean, talk a strength-based approach, which is something that uh, we talk about a lot, right? Focusing on a person's individual human strengths in a world which tends to focus a lot on pathology, negativity, and what's wrong with you instead of what's right with you. Dr. Dan, that's exactly it. We focus on the ability, and it is a strength-based rather than a deficit-based approach. I just returned uh yesterday from Argentina where I was presenting my work with um, mm. my colleagues. And we presented this new concept really to some people in the world. It is a new concept, which is the strength-based approach. Rather than looking at what's wrong with the child in front of them, looking at what's so beautiful and innately right with that child. And it's like any of us, what, what you water, I mean, for like a plant, Whatever you water will grow. And if you emphasize the strengths, they get stronger and stronger and grow more. And at the same time, Dr. Greenspan used to talk about the bottom of the box and the top of the box. We would meet each child where they were, perhaps the bottom of their box, but then encourage them to reach their potential and beyond. Uh, we have one student, Spencer, and her mom enjoys me uh, sharing on her where when she first came to us, her anxiety levels were extremely high and she had very little verbal ability and she actually cried most of the time. She was in our most severe class. But what we noticed was that she loved to sing. Hmm. So we had um, Katiana Zimmerman and Karen Howard, our music professionals, would would give her more and more to sing each time. And she was in our most severe class until one day, and Spencer says this, autism wasn't the autism, opera came out of her mouth. And mm. she is now an opera singer. <laughs> I brought wow. her to China with me and she, she entertained um, over 500 medical professionals and psychologists in China to show them what's possible. Wow. We have story after story. We have kids who've never, 15, 16 year olds who had never had a friend before. And they meet their other. They meet someone without a disability. They become friends. They meet people with disabilities. They have sleepovers and b birthday parties and hangouts together. And it just creates a, a beautiful community when we focus on what's right rather than what's oh, wrong. It's so beautiful. So beautiful. Thank you. So you have this book, The Seven Keys to Unlock and Understand Autism. And... I know there is a lot of information in your book. Tell us what some of those key, some of those key aspects. What are the key keys? <laughs> the key keys. Tell us yes, the key keys. No, that's wonderful. Um, and this is you know fresh in my brain because I, I did just present this in Buenos Aires. So the first key is setting our own intention. Hmm. How do we want to show up? It's not about fixing or changing the child in front of us. It's about how do we show up? Are we showing up with judgment? Are we showing up with fear? Or are we showing up with curiosity? Mm -hmm. 
And the first key is really allowing ourselves to be in a place of calm. Uh, with all of my staff and, and volunteers, we always start off ourselves, before our kids ever walk into the room, with a sense of uh, relaxation, meditation, a sense of connecting to our own self. Mm-hmm. So that when whoever walks in that room, we are so connected to ourselves, and that our eyes are open to appreciation. That to me is the first key and the, the most primary key for any relationship is it's to, huge to make sure ourselves are connected. And that's so, so in line, um, as you had mentioned, with uh, Parent Footprint, when the whole point of this is for us to be aware of ourselves and what we're bringing into the room and what we're bringing to the relationship, um, it, it, it all starts there. Every interaction starts before it starts. So this is, this is so in line with this thinking. Yeah, so that that's the first key and really the the, the cornerstone of the whole um, whole approach and and the way I came to these keys and this this I write about in in the book now I see the moon is what I had to realize in parenting a child with autism that no matter what was going on in my life I mean I was going through a divorce I lost my house I really lots of things crumbled but I needed to be centered calm and hopeful whenever I was with my son. And, and that kind of goes back to, you know, a lot of what you, what you shared about the principles of um, the parent footprint is that I needed my son to know that I was okay so that he was okay. And I think that that is something that is uh, really, really essential. So all of the keys really derive from my own uh, journey and and, mm-hmm. and as I say, and now I see the moon learning the, the, the title of that book is my barn burned down. Now I can see the moon. Hmm. So everything that I thought I wanted in, in my life really fell apart. I thought I wanted normal, normal child and, you know, certain type of family and all of that fell apart. But now hmm. I could see the moon. Now I see the truth, the essence, the beauty of what's around us. Hmm. And you're changing paradigms. I mean, as a result of this uh, journey, you're changing the paradigm of how not only how people see autism, uh, medical community and beyond, but also the lives of uh, people who are often very misunderstood. Yes, yes, that's so exactly it. So, oh boy, so many of our, our children and young adults are so misunderstood. You know, if, if they see someone who's quiet in a, a, a typical social atmosphere, they'll just assume that they prefer uh, to be alone. But then you see them in our class and they're connected and they're, they have so much to offer. Our students create and write our original musicals. They write our shows. We've done an anti-bullying show from a, it started from uh, one of our students, Harley, who was bullied and we, we all shared our bullying sto- shows, and that became a play called The Intimidation Game that's now going to be able to be produced um, uh, you know, for others to see it. And um, last year, we wrote a play about falling in love <laughs> called 185 Wilshire, A Love Story. Everything, <laughs> people with autism desire everything that others do. And it's, it's really about creating the environment so that they can, they can shine. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to ask guests 
um, their one thing. And I have a feeling you've already shared a few one things with us, but I'm going to ask you anyways because you are a, a wealth of knowledge here. So to, to parents who are listening, to parents who have children on the spectrum, knowing that it is quite a, a diverse spectrum, the autistic spectrum, um, what is one thing that you would say to them? If they, if they could focus on one thing, knowing our lives can be quite overwhelming, what's one thing? They say when you're on an, on an airplane, put your own oxygen mask on first before putting the mask onto your child. And I think so often we parents in, in wanting to do good by our children often give up and don't take care of ourselves. I think the greatest message I got was how important self-care is and putting my own oxygen mask on first, which means um, I meditate and do yoga every single day. Um, I'm remarried. I have a beautiful marriage. And I make sure that at least one day a week we have, if it, we can't be date night, <laughs> it's date afternoon where we have at least a half hour to an hour a week that's just our time to connect in our relationship. I really make sure that I take care of my health. I have friends. Really keep myself full. That would be something I want to encourage all parents to do, but especially a girlfriend once said to me, Elaine, you're on a marathon, not a sprint. And when you're on a marathon, you've got to constantly be help self-care. Along those lines, especially when my son was younger, fortunately things have changed now, but especially when he was younger, there was all about the cure, the cure. And I was doing everything to help cure my son. But I realized I had to cure me of my need to cure him. Mm-hmm. Give him every single possibility, leave no stone unturned, and give him interventions, but with the intention of helping him be the best person he could be, not cure autism. And what I've learned is that my world of autism is the most extraordinary, phenomenal world I, could, I couldn't even have imagined. Hmm. I spend you know, my, my time in my classes with my friends with autism, my students, my clients, the consultations that I do to parents around the country, that the greatest people I've ever had the privilege to know and meet. <laughs> and right. had he been cured, I wouldn't have that opportunity. Making life available for my son without me feeling I have to change him. Yes. Yes. Well, you are oozing with awareness like you're oozing with awareness which is of course what we're about and and that does lead us to the parent footprint moment question are you ready for it i'm ready drum roll please <laughs> okay drum roll okay coach e tell us about a time when you became aware of yourself as a parent or individual and that new awareness had a positive impact on Neil. When I became aware, he was eight years old. He still wasn't talking. He was still autistic. I wanted him to be uh, independent as an adult. And I became aware that, get a little spiritual here, I wasn't God. It wasn't about me making him to be anything but who he was. 
And I became aware that my job was not to fix or change or cure, but to love him profoundly. And that it wasn't about independence. It was about interdependence and providing him with as much love and protection and support so that he could be the best that he could be. In that moment, it was his birthday. It was his eight-year-old birthday. First I grieved, and then I got the sense of perfection. (laughs) And when I changed in my intention and allowed him to flourish, he has flourished. He's a non-speaking adult with autism. He's, you know, looked at as the severely autistic Mm-hmm. And yet he has a job working as an organic gardener. He works at a grocery store. He has a social life. He just got asked to be on the board of the Autism Society <laughs> of Los Angeles. <laughs> wow. He, he's presented at the United Nations. He's when, when, He did that, not me, because allowing him, allowing me to let go has allowed him to flourish. That's wonderful. And in that, I hear so much about some of the words that um, that I heard you say of um, acceptance, right? That's acceptance of him, acceptance of yourself in relation to him. Um, it also allows connection, which you talked about is so important. Um, joining his world and try to get him to join your world. Um, and the whole idea of ability over disability is so, so, so important. And finally, um, setting our own intention as, as number one. Yes, yes. With self-care, of course, with self-care. With yes, self-care. yes. This is so wonderful yeah. to be on a show, yeah. that, that to be on the parent footprint that's so dedicated, Dr. Dan, to these principles uh, because it, they really are – you know, parents aren't given a guidebook when you're given a child. And I think what you do on your show really provides a, that type of guidebook for parents. Thank you. Well, thank you for uh, this message. And you you, um, you are inspiring. And I, I am sure you're inspiring um, those who are listening as you've inspired me. Um, tell, tell everyone where they can continue to um, learn more about what you're doing and the um, the shows, the theater, all all of this stuff. Thank you. Uh, you can reach me on email, Elaine at themiracleproject.org. Elaine at themiracleproject.org. Our, our website is themiracleproject.org. And um, our Facebook page is um, there's a is the Miracle Project. But email is a great way to connect with me, Elaine at themiracleproject.org. And I do trainings and consults, and we're replicating the Miracle Project, uh, New Jersey, San Francisco, Providence, Rhode Island, and starting in Argentina and China. So we, we do bring these wow. programs wow. to others. And I do a lot of Skype and phone consults for, for parents and organizations. I think you are going to get some contacts. So thank you so much, um, Elaine, for sharing, again, your wisdom, your knowledge, and just your spirit uh, with us today. Um, I'm very grateful. Thank you. Thank you. Have a beautiful day. All right, everyone. You you have a beautiful day, everyone. 
Check us out at parentfootprint.com. You know where to find us. Um, Check out Parent Footprint Awareness Training designed to help you increase your awareness and parent with intention. Strive to be the person you want your child to become. And as Coach E said, set your intention. And as always, ask yourself the question I ask myself every day. What footprint do you want to leave?